You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good evening, East Point Church. It is good to see you. Good to be with you. Merry Christmas. And we just love getting to gather with our church family all together uh, to celebrate, to celebrate. So thank you for being here. Uh, This time of year, I like to spend some time reflecting. And so at some point between now and next week, I will take some time to look back to reflect on my year, to see what were the storylines, what has God done in my life. And so for some of you, as you look back, as you reflect, 2022 might have held some life change. There might have been some events in your life, some life-changing moments that you have experienced. Maybe this is a time of year for you where you don't just look back at the last 12 months, you look back over the, the last several years And consider, how has my life changed? What were those moments? What were those significant events that I experienced and I knew from this point forward, life will never be the same again? And so here's what I realized as I reflect on these moments. They all, most of them start in the same way. Almost every life-changing moment, almost every significant event starts with the simple communication of a message that simple. There is a simple announcement, a relayed communication. Words are spoken into the air, and though nothing physically has just happened, though you are standing in the same spot that you were 10 seconds ago, you know as a result of those words, everything has just changed. You're standing there, and your wife looks at you and says, babe, You're going to be a dad. You're in the same exact spot, but you know life will never be the same again. You're standing there with your significant other, and out of nowhere, he drops to a knee, thrusts a box forward, and says, will you marry me? Life will never be the same again. You open up your mailbox, and you grab the junk mail, and you toss out the bills and all this, and then you see a letter that stands out. It's from that university that you applied to, and you open it up and you read those simple words. We are pleased to inform you of your acceptance into our institution. Life change. Life change. You're called into the office, and your boss says, hey, Bob, come into my office real quick. Take a seat. I'm going to jump right to it. We are relocating you to Alaska. Right? Everything has just changed. Some of you, this very weekend, some of you senior saints will be sitting in a living room and your adult children will say, Mom and Dad, we're going to have a baby and you're going to be first-time grandparents. Everything changes and it was all through this simple communication of a few words. Friends, all it takes to change your life is a few words. And things will never be the same again. This evening, we have our messenger, Isaiah. He comes onto the scene and he gives us a few words. He arrives, friends, and he comes to a people who sorely need it. And he gives them 
good news of great joy. Three verses I want to share with you for a few moments. Only three verses, but these few verses, friends, will change your life. And so let me share this with you. Isaiah chapter 61, the first three, verse and re- the first three verses, reads as follows. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is God's word to us this morning. And this is the message of the messenger. And so let's go back. Look at verse one with me. You have this scripture in your Bible. You can turn there. You also have it in your program guides. But look at verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The first thing we see here this evening, friends, is that God's messenger is a man on a mission. We are hearing from God's messenger, and he is a man on a mission. He is going out here, but he's not just carrying out a good idea that he's had. Our messenger is not doing something just on his own initiative. He says, no, 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 the Lord has anointed me. The Lord is initiating something here. God's spirit is upon me. The Lord has anointed me, meaning he has put his spirit on me to empower me. He is clothing me with power for a job. He is initiating a mission And so God's messenger is a man on a mission, God's mission. And so who is his mission to? He says that the Lord sends me to the poor. I'm going to those who don't have the world's goods, those who are vulnerable and they depend on others. He says, I'm going to the brokenhearted, those who are overwhelmed with grief, those who are familiar with disappointment. He says, I'm going to the captives going to those who don't even own their own freedom. I'm going to those who are bound and oppressed. Friends, these are the descriptions of people whose lives are marked by pain. If you were to ask any of these people, they would tell you that there is not a lot of cause for joy right now. Their life is filled with struggle. Their lives are filled with mourning. And so we know, for the last several weeks, we know the context well, right? These are people in the original audience. They are sitting in captivity in Babylon. And so if our messenger were to go into Babylon and do a roll call, all right, excuse me, I'm here for those who are poor, they'd go, present. I'm here to speak to those who are brokenhearted, present. I'm here for those who are captives, present. Yeah, we've all just been dragged out of our country and we sit as slaves, These are people whose lives are marked by pain. They're feeling vulnerable in their lack. 
We may not be in Babylon, friends, but if our messenger were to stand here and do a roll call, I wonder how many people would be present when he says, those who are in need this holiday season. Those who are familiar and brokenhearted with pain and grief present. Those who feel enslaved, not to Babylon, but to the addictions that rob our joy. So that we feel like we're slaves wanting freedom, just relief from the debt collectors and their calls. We may not be in Babylon, but friends, the roll call is just as relevant now as it was then. So there are enough of us here who know the pain of life. There are enough people in this room familiar enough with grief that our ears perk up when we hear that God wants to talk to such people. We go, okay, I'm interested. What does God have in mind for these people? What is his purpose in going to the hurting? Well, it says here that he is sending his messenger, look what it says, to bring good news. There is a message so good that the simple communication of it is enough to bind up and bandage broken hearts. He says, son, I want you to proclaim a message so powerful that it amounts to liberty and freedom for captives. There is news. There is an announcement that is so profound that the simple communication of it will change people's lives and reverse their fortunes. He goes, I want you to give a message. And everybody's like, I like the messenger already, right? You're like, I want to meet that guy. Friends, I do like the messenger, but let's remember, this mission, this message was not birthed in the mind of the messenger. God is initiated. God has sent him on this mission, which means that God sees the hurting, which means God sees you, which means that the God we're talking about here, the God that we're worshiping on Christmas, is not a God who stands back idly and watches us in pain. He is a God who sees you and he moves toward you. He has initiated a mission for you with a message. And this simple message, this simple good news will change your lives, friends. This is not a trite saying on your holiday greeting card. This is not a simple holiday cliche to go on your mug. This is good news that will change your life. And so what's the message? What's the good news that will change everything? Look at the next verse, verse 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Here's the message, friends. Here's the message that's going to change their life. Here's the message that's going to change your life. The year of God's favor is here. The year of God's favor is here. He says, friends, we are entering into a season. We are entering into an era where God's dealing with us. God's attitude and demeanor toward you is characterized by favor. Undeserved kindness. He will treat you better than you deserve. The year of the Lord's favor is here. 
You see, those who are sitting in captivity right now, they know that they've blown it. They know that they are experiencing the consequences of their own mistakes. They are eating their just desserts. But the messenger shows up and he says, I know you're experiencing what you deserve, but here's the good news for you. God wants me to tell you that there is a new day coming. God wants me to tell you that there is a new era where you will no longer experience your just desserts. No, friends, his goodwill and his favorable regard toward you will win the day. Friend, your life can be lived in the sunshine of God's favor rather than under the shadow of your own mistakes. God's favor. He says rejoice. This changes everything. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He says, and the day of vengeance of our God. When you first hear that, it almost sounds like opposites, right? Is God going to come with grace or is he coming with vengeance? And it sounds contradictory, but as you read this, as you realize that it's good news, you go, wait, these are two sides of the same coin. It sounds weird, friends, but listen, the promise of justice is good news. For those who are in captivity, the defenseless, the helpless, the broken, those who have been taken advantage of, have you been there? Those who have been taken advantage of are told that God will right the wrongs. The helpless will be defended. The abused will be avenged. The captives will be freed. God takes the side of the victim. He sees you and he's coming because the year of the Lord's favor is here. And so this good news, friends, changes everything. This will transform our lives. This amounts to a complete reversal of our fortunes. And so we know that because... This will transform our fortunes. It will be reflected in a transformation of our wardrobe. Come on now. How many of you are looking good here today? Let me see you. Yep, very pretty. I like it. Have you ever experienced such a new chapter in life? Have you ever turned such a significant corner that you couldn't help but change your look? Right? Amen, she says, right? That's because we externally express what we're internally experiencing. And so you get a new job. You start a new relationship. You end an old relationship. You turn a corner, you turn the page, whatever it is, but something significant happens in your life and you can't help but get a new fit. A new outfit, a new look, a new haircut, a new hair color, a new haircut and a new hair color. Ladies, we express outwardly what we're experiencing inwardly. And so I want you to look at what these people are wearing outwardly and tell me what you think they're experiencing inwardly. Look what they're wearing. As he talks to them right now, they have ashes on their head. The sign of mourning. These are people in grief. If you look at their faces, it's not glistening with lotions and oil. No, it's glistening with the streaks of their tears. Their faces are puffy. You can tell they've been crying. 
You come and hang out with them, and it's as if they're wearing a shroud of depression. There is just a, a cloak of gloom that hangs around them. It says here that they're clothed, or clothed in a faint spirit. <clears throat> Everything about this person, just you go, man, they are low energy. This is a person who doesn't want to get up and go out and about. These are people who are mourning. They are experiencing grief. Everything about their appearance Everything about their demeanor communicates life is pain. But as a result of these words, as a result of the simple communication of this good news, they're going to be changing. When they're done hearing this message, they're going to understand that life has just taken such a drastic turn. They are going to get that everything now changes so much so that they will no longer be wearing ashes on their head. What are they wearing? A headdress. How many of y'all wore a headdress? To, no? All right. We'll see you on Easter though, all right? It's their party hats. It says that their face will be shining, not with their tears, but because they put the oil of gladness on their face. Ladies, they did their makeup. Men, they put on the lotion. It says here that they will take off this shroud of gloom, and instead they are going to be putting on the garment of praise. They're putting out their party coat. Dawn we now, our gay apparel. Fa la la. La la la. La la la. He says they're going to understand that this news is so life-changing. It is so profoundly impacting that their appearance will no longer reflect inner brokenness, but instead newfound joy. They will be radiating newfound joy. Why? Because this is the year of God's favor. Because God's grace has arrived. But it gets better, friends. God's favor will not only result in the transformation of our circumstances. The arrival of God's favor will not only result in the transformation of our wardrobe. The arrival of God's favor will result in the transformation of your soul. Look at the last words here. End of verse 3. That they may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. God says, as a result of me moving near to his people, as a result of me coming near to you with grace and favor, my people whose faith was fragile, whose hearts were fickle, will be transformed into oaks of righteousness. Rejoice, O peoples. Weep no more, because by the time he's done with you, you will be marked by maturity. You will be established in strength and righteousness. You will be rooted and firm in your faith like oaks of righteousness. Have you ever felt in your faith like a little sapling the size of my pinky and you feel like at any moment you're going to break and shatter as if you were in the middle of a windstorm? Has your faith ever felt so weak that you were like, I don't know if I can take another step on this road called righteousness. I don't know if I can carry on. I feel fickle. I feel faint. I feel fragile. Well, rejoice, friends, 
Because God is not just changing the circumstances around us. He's going to address the hearts within us. He's come to these people who are sitting in captivity. And he says, I'm not simply just going to remove you from Babylon. I'm going to fix the heart that got you into this mess in the first place. The era of God's favor has come. The arrival of God's grace is here. And so the arrival of God's grace results in our growth. The arrival of God's grace results in our growth. And so years from now, when people look at you, years from now, when people look on at you and they remark, you're so mature in your faith. How did you get so strong? How did you grow so much? Like, what did you do to become such a mature and solid and rooted follower of Jesus? What did you do? And we will say, like the messenger here, hey, 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 we are the planting of the Lord's that he may be glorified. We are the planting of the Lord. God has done it by his grace. God has done it purely out of his favor so that no man may boast, so that when people see you looking different, they'll go, God must be real. Glory to God. When people see the transformation that he has brought in your life, they will go, I know you, and this ain't you. The only possible explanation is that God has transformed your life. He has made you an oak of righteousness. The year of God's favor is here, friends. This news changes everything. And so when does the year of favor begin? When will it arrive? Messenger, tell us. When, will, when can we expect this hope? When can we expect this love? When will this peace, when will this joy be made available to us? You see, for years, friends, just in the same way that you long for Christmas morning. Where are my kids at? Kids, you ready for Christmas? How many children will not be sleeping tonight? How many of you want to stay up all night and see your parents put the presents under the tree? In the same way that you long for Christmas, people would read these verses for years and years. And listen to me, children, you long for Christmas, right? These people read these verses and they longed for the arrival of joy. And they looked forward to the day that the Savior would come When do we start living under the sunshine of God's favor rather than under the shadow of our own mistakes? They looked, when will God's transformative grace arrive? Where is the messenger? Where is the one who is anointed to proclaim good news of great joy? Well, you see, hundreds of years later, more messengers would arrive, but this time they'd be from heaven with wings called angels. And they appeared in a field, and they also announced good news of great joy. They said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The Christ has arrived on Christmas morning. What's the Christ? Well, the word Christ is how we translate the word Messiah. And what does Messiah mean? Anointed one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointing me to proclaim good news. This baby was the messenger. This baby is the anointed one. The messenger of joy arrived as a bundle of joy. 
Not only is he the messenger of good news, friends, he is the good news. You see, at the beginning of his ministry, he stood up in a room, maybe just like this, and he read from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. few words changed everything. The advent of Jesus is the arrival of God's favor. You see, friends, Jesus came to die under the shadow of your sin and mistakes so that we could live under the sunshine of God's mercy and favor. Rejoice! The favor of God is seen in the face of Christ. Rejoice! The favor of God is seen in the face of Christ. Friends, rejoice! The favor of God is seen in the face of Christ. Rejoice, friends. Jesus has come to usher in the year of God's favor. Rejoice. The time of God's undeserved kindness is here. Rejoice. We no longer need to live as slaves because he has made us his sons and daughters. Rejoice. He's planting us and establishing us in our faith. Rejoice. The favor of God is seen in the face of Christ. Merry Christmas, East Point Church. We have reason for joy. Merry Christmas, church. Rejoice. The favor of God is seen in the face of Christ. Father, we love you this morning. This evening, we love you. We thank you. You have given us so much reason for joy. Lord, thank you that you sent your son to die in our place. You sending him would have been love enough. You sending him would have been good news enough. But Lord, he didn't just come. He came to the shepherds. He came to the teenage girl. He came in a stable. Lord, he was so approachable. He came to the least of these so that we could know hope so that we could respond to your love, so that we could experience your peace, and so that we could radiate your joy. And so, Father, thank you. Be glorified. Grow us, Lord. May 2023 be a year of growth like never before, that we may be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that you might be glorified. We love you, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Friends, let's stand to respond. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.